Thanks for listening to Adopted Believers. I am your host, Daniel Nelson, and today in our study of Joel chapter 3, verse 21, we are going to be seeing the path to wrath and going from the wrath to the path. I know, I'm a poet. But you're going to get this for the next 10 minutes, so buckle up because I'm, just, I'm really proud of myself. Wrath to path and path to wrath. That's that's so cool. You are never going to forget that. You're going to open up your Bible to Joel 3, and then you're just going to be doing a normal Bible reading plan, and you're like, wow, what's this passage about? Wrath, no, path to wrath. <laughs> I'm getting confused. Path to wrath and then wrath to path. I'm, this is really nice. So this passage is coming from the new, well, it's in every version, but I'm reading to you from the New International Version, and it reads, Shall I leave their innocent blood unavenged? No, I will not. The Lord dwells in Zion. So it's a pretty short passage today, and I'm trying to do my best Charles Spurgeon impression, because Charles Spurgeon would pick like like, if you read his sermons, he would pick, like, these tiny passages. He would pick, like, like one of them was the archer shot at Joseph, and he was not harmed. Like, I think that was it. And he made, like, this huge sermon, and then he will do that all the time. He'll have these tiny passages, and then he makes these amazing sermons, and he always manages to tie Calvinism into it. I kid you not. Like, he... He literally ties Calvinism into every sermon, I think. Like, he just, he has a special ability. Really, like, we have cage stage Calvinists today. If you don't know what that is, it's like someone, like, just learns about Calvinism. And, like, they need to tell everyone they know about Calvinism. Like, Calvinism is the way, the truth, and the life. Like, that's what it's like when people first learn about Calvinism. They just, they love to tell people. (laughs) It's true, like, you think I'm playing, but I'm being serious. People do that. Um, and then there's also people who, like, hate Calvinism and are like, Calvinism is from Satan, you know, and it, it is the enemy, public enemy number one. I just, I hold to Calvinism, but I also like watching people who are, like, adamantly, like, this, you must believe this. I'm like, I think it's true, and I think it makes the most sense, but, like, let's calm down, guys. <laughs> And Charles Spurgeon, like, he was not a KSH Calvinist, but he would manage to tie that into any sermon. And it's just, he really, it was impressive. Not going to lie. So, getting actually to the passage, our first point today is the path to wrath. Look at this. Shall I leave their innocent blood unavenged? No, I will not. So, I just read that to you, and you're hopefully you're asking, who is they? The they the they, (laughs) is Egypt and Edom and all of God's people's enemies in general. So Egypt and Edom, they're kind of throughout history, like really the bad guys for Israel. You know, Israel, they would have like Assyria or Babylon or the Roman Empire. These guys who would come in and would rough them up, but they would kind of come and go. Whereas Egypt and Edom, you know, they were there. They were not like conquering nations. They were just nearby nations that harassed them through much of Israelite history. So these people are being judged for what they did to Israel. They obviously would have abused them. They would have enslaved them. 
And so what Joel is saying is what they did to Jerusalem is going to come back on their head. He says in verse 19, Egypt will be desolate. Edom a desert a desert waste because of violence done to the people of Judah, in whose land they shed innocent blood. And the flip side of that, as we're going to look at a little bit later, is Judah will be inhabited forever, and Jerusalem through all generations. So we're seeing in this passage that God is incredibly just. That's the first thing we need to see. God is just. He is not going to let sin slide. And this is really important for how we view life and how we view the gospel and how the gospel applies to life. We need to be living lives that are transformed by the gospel, that we view all of life through the lens of the gospel. And part of the gospel is a just God, a God who is just. And this is incredible news for the people of God because we are going to be mistreated in this world. That's promised. Throughout Hebrews, we read, especially Hebrews, the end of Hebrews 11, we read of Christians who are sawed in half. That's that's like the craziest one. People, like Christians sawed in half. That's nuts. I mean, I can't even think about that. That's like I'm already like not a I'm not super down for like kneels and stuff. That that's kind of next level. And we are promised suffering. Jesus himself was like the world's going to hate you. Like if they hate me, I'm perfect and if they hate me, they surely going to hate you. You know, we have that promise that they're going to hate us, but we also have this promise that God is not going to leave innocent blood unavenged. And we read in Revelation that the martyrs, you know, they they are waiting for God. Those Christians who have been killed for their faith, they are waiting for God to act in justice. And God will, in fact, avenge those who have been killed. God is a just God. He's not going to leave their blood unavenged. And this is a call for us to go from wrath to the path of righteousness. That's our second point today. Instead of just saying, you know, Oh, well, good. You know, it is a great comfort to say that God is going to avenge us and that God is going to take up our case. But we also need to rest in the fact that God is going to avenge us and we don't have to worry about injustice done to us because we have a Redeemer who will fight for us. We have an Advocate. One of the goals of a government is to take up the cause of the innocent. You know, when you have in the American judicial system, judicial, there we go, the American legal system, judicial system, if there is a crime, you know, even if the person who is wronged, they don't have to take up the case against the offender. What will happen is it will be the United States or the Fifth Circuit or whatever circuit. I don't know. I'm not a legal expert. But I do know that the courts will actually, the government will prosecute people. So if someone who is poor or who can't prosecute, they don't have to bear that burden. The government will actually 
You know, that's why we have attorney generals. They will actually sue people if you murder someone. It's not, it might not be the family who sues you or who prosecutes you. It is the government who prosecutes you because they have that power. And that is a good thing, you know. We want to see justice done. But human courts can only do so much. Human courts can only commit or can only do justice to a certain degree, whereas God does complete justice. The wages of sin is death. And God will act on that because that is what is just and right. Innocent blood will be avenged. But God also offers forgiveness through his son. And the way he's able to forgive is because his son was killed. His son took on the wrath that was due to us. And that, my friends, is the call to bring the gospel to those who we know do not know God. We need to implore people that if they don't accept this offer, then they will have to pay for their sins. And that's a scary thing. If we don't have Jesus paying for our sins, then we have to pay for it ourselves. And the only way that we can pay for sins is by spending an eternity in hell. But we we see the end of this verse and the end of the book of Joel is the Lord dwells in Zion. And that is not just you know, something that we'd be like, okay, you know, that's cool. That means we can dwell in Zion with the Lord. How do we do that? By going to Him in faith, by giving our life to Him, by repenting of our sins, by confessing that we have messed up, but that God is a gracious God who can forgive us, and He's offered forgiveness to us, and we ought to take Him, take him up on this offer, lest we be too late. Brothers and sisters, today is the day of salvation. And if you don't know God, I encourage you, talk to me. You can email me at daniel at com. I'd love to talk to you about salvation. The way that we are saved is by believing in Jesus, confessing our sins, repenting, and believing that He is the Son of God who will pay for our sins. And now, once we have that forgiveness, we can live freely in an unjust world. We can live in peace in a world that is unjust because we serve a just God who will plead on our behalf, who will do what is right for us. Thanks for listening to Adopted Believers. If you've not already, I encourage you to go to our website, AdoptedBelievers.com. You can find out podcasts, resources, all sorts of good stuff. And without further ado, I'm going to see you all next time.